part of the last year has been me questioning my own answer to that question and wondering how much of me really is driven by the righteous purpose that I outwardly say and that I inwardly feel, but how much of my behavior is driven by that versus how much of my behavior is driven by my own selfish motives. You're listening to the Ecom Exits podcast with your host, Nate Ginsberg. Learn the best tips and tactics to improve profits, cash flow, and maximize your e-commerce business value on the way to a successful exit. Welcome to the show. Hello and welcome back, podcast listeners. I'm joined today by Chris Rawlings, founder of Sophie Society, a seven-figure seller and a leader in the Titan Network. Chris Rawlings is a legend. Super excited to have this chat. It's been a long time coming. I've been in the space for a super long time and is doing and has done tons of exciting stuff that I'm, I'm really excited to get to share with you all. So Chris, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks, bro. I'm glad I'm here. It, you're right. It's been a really long time coming. It's kind of funny because you and I like follow each other, you know, digitally because we're on such parallel paths, I think, being travelers, digital nomads and e-commerce kind of on our own spiritual paths as well and personal development and all that stuff. So we keep like, you know, commenting on each other's stuff, like giving each other digital thumbs up and stuff. I'm glad we finally get to do this. It's awesome. Yeah, me as well, man. I mean, and likewise, I think we we do have a lot of business, traveling, as well as health, lifestyle, personal development, you know, a lot of similar tracks and paths. Just before this, we're just comparing our teas, mushroom tea and and regular tea. What type of tea are you drinking, bro? What type of tea are you drinking? I don't get to have those conversations much. Don't really drink coffee anymore. I switched to tea. So yeah, but now I'm currently on keto or doing keto or been on keto for a little while. And uh, so yeah, I got my Earl Grey tea in the morning and then I got some butter and uh, got my MCT powder. So it's just like a little, you know, fat tea bomb to start the day. Yeah, it's pretty delicious. <laughs> anyway. I got to try that actually. Do you whip it? Do you like whip it up in there? Or do you just stir it in like a fucking animal? <laughs> yeah, yeah, just just stir it in a little bit. You know, it, nice. to be honest, it kind of, the MCT powder will kind of form a little layer at the top. But like, I mean, some of it, you know, it gets a little bit creamy and then you'll kind of have this little film kind of layer. It's kind of delicious. It's good. You can't, uh, just listeners out there, don't try too much MCT when you first get it because it will make you poop a lot like it will mess up your stomach i made the mistake of using way too much mct when i first tried it and it was it was bad i had to learn it's it's all in moderation when it comes to mct good to know anyway um so all right Chris, take us back to when you got started. I mean, I know you've been in the FBA space for a really long time. How'd you get started in in e-com, FBA? When did you get started? Yeah, yeah. I actually, before I was in e-com or even in business in general, I was in the sciences. I got a degree in physics, actually. And I was obsessed with the show Nova and outer space, astronomy and stars and what things are made of and all of that. I really thought I was just going to be a scientist in my life that I was going to just put my brick in the wall of human knowledge and make some physics discoveries if I could. And if I did, then that'd be a worthwhile life by the time I got on my deathbed. 
But uh, it didn't work out that way. By the time I graduated with a bachelor's in physics, I realized how much more schooling I'd need to go to and how cutthroat the world of being a professor is and getting a PhD in something like that is and how unlikely I was to actually make like a really significant discovery on the level of Newton or Einstein. I had very, (laughs) very aggressive, ambitious, high hopes for my life in the sciences. But so when I got out, I kind of realized that, hey, if I want to chart my own destiny and control the direction of my life, I got to learn business. I My first job was in the solar industry and I was doing electrical engineering and looking around me looking like, you know, these engineers that are 10 years ahead of me aren't living the life I want to live when I'm 10 years older. You know, they're still, they might be senior engineers or engineering managers, but they're still taking whatever job comes on their desk that day. I saw in the solar industry, the guys who were actually charting the destiny of their own lives and charting the direction of the industry were the developers. And in the solar industry, that's basically the guys who can do the deal. The guys who know business. Those were the guys that were charting the future of the industry, charting their own lives, were doing the deal. They saw a vision for what could be in the world, and then they made it happen through putting together the parts that were necessary to make it happen. So a light went off in my head, and I'm like, wow, okay, maybe I just wasted decade of my life. <laughs> Probably should have learned how to handle people and human organizations and business. So I kind of uh, decided to teach myself through the School of Hard Knocks. I was lucky enough to get an opportunity to start a spinoff business of the solar company that I was working in. Very different than e-commerce. This was B2B, meaning business to business sales. Each deal was anywhere between 30K and 700K. And you signed one every month or every few months. And um, I just messed up constantly, made a fool of myself for like four years straight, basically, you know, trying to be a businessman and wearing a tie, going to conferences, shaking hands, giving people my card. Man, was I doing it wrong. But, you know, just through messing up nonstop and just like kind of just fearlessly jumping into it and not being afraid to embarrass myself horribly over and over again. I learned sales and I learned the fundamentals of business and I read the four hour work week and the lean startup and, you know, all of those classic business books that I could get my hands on. After a couple years in that, I felt, hey, I'm ready to go off on my own. So... I had heard some podcasts about e-commerce startups and Amazon startups. So I started an Amazon brand for spinal health products. And through a mix of luck and ridiculous... What year is this? Just curious in terms of... This is 2015. Beginning of 2015 is when I went, when I started my brand that I owned. And it was a couple years prior to that, that I was running Solstice, which was the, the solar company. So I started the spinal health brand and through a mix of luck in the space because a lot of competitors were being taken off for compliance reasons and my own just obsessive dedication to it. I grew that to a seven-figure brand in 18 months. And at the time, we were just talking about this before we started the recording. That was when I started my travel journey too. You know, I had left, I burned all the bridges, dude. I sold everything. I left my job before it was making any money, before I even launched my first product, left my job. I had about 30 grand in savings. So I had that going for me. And yeah, the only thing I'd done since college was these couple years stint in solar. And so started the brand and, you know, to my surprise, grew to seven figures in 18 months. And then I started leveraging that success for other things. I started a a software and services company called Judo Launch. That was the top Amazon launch company for European launches within a year of launching. I raised a million dollars in VC funding to scale it, grew that to 40 people. And we provided launch software and services to Amazon sellers 
helping them launch, especially in foreign markets, but we also did the US. And while doing that, I went through some tech startups in Silicon Valley because I was very enamored by the sexy tech world and I wanted to be a tech company and you know, I wanted to scale really big, really fast. And by the way, for, for everyone listening to this, there's there's a, a big, big surprise in this story. And I, I get smacked down in this story. <laughs> a couple minutes left to it. So I'm in Silicon Valley and I raised all this money to scale Judo Launch, grow to a 40-person team. We're burning cash, but we're growing revenue at the same time. That's kind of the Silicon Valley startup way. Go through one of the top tech accelerators called 500 Startups. While I'm there, I start a fund with my friend Jake. We raised $4.5 million for our startups and others in a basket through an ICO, an initial coin offering. That was that was a registered security. We're the fourth ever ICO to actually be a registered security registered with the SEC. And you can still find those those tokens trading online that represent that basket of startups. It's called 22X Fund. And then I got smacked down. And I felt like, so at this point, we're at the point where I feel like I'm a rising star. I feel like I'm indestructible. Nothing can stop me. Everything I touch turns to gold. I've already grown multiple seven-figure businesses that I own and started a fund that had a successful raise. I'm completely uh, indestructible. You know, that's that's my attitude. It's the story of Icarus flying too close to the sun. I just took too many risks, tried to grow too fast. And what happened is I brought a investor slash partner on for, for Judo who had enough leverage in the company to basically completely take over and boot me out. They changed the name of the company, kicked me out completely because of it's a very complex story, but because of the wording of the contracts we had, we had equity, debt, and partnership agreements with them, just tons of agreements. I was roped up with these agreements with this. And we had great investors too, but there was this one predatory investor where they just take over companies. And I didn't know that this was their reputation. So they took it over and it was a hard fall. I believe so strongly in myself and in my ability to to get out of any situation I'm in that I bet the farm. And I ended up going from a net worth of seven and a half million to a net worth of negative 250,000 in the span of less than a year and went through a whole identity crisis, had to redefine how I determine my own value as a human being. And in general, just was completely broken had to move back into my dad's house for a a couple months for a period of time and had to just basically like restructure my own identity, which is why I got so heavy into this kind of personal growth, spiritual. So I was already into it, but I had to get serious about it. The meditation, the introspection, the personal growth, uh, the spiritual journey of things and um, which is kind of how we sort of connect, Nate, me and you. And so I decided that I wasn't going to go back to a safe route. I wasn't going to back down. I was going to start with whatever resources I had around me and that I was going to come back from it. And it was a real tough, real emotional time. I had other things going on in my life too, personally, some serious relationships ending, some health issues and stuff like that. So very tough time was waking up at like 3, 4 a.m. every single morning with my heart pounding, just sweat pouring down my face. Couldn't stop thinking about everything that had gone wrong. And um, I basically decided, you know what? Uh, like I have to just be cool with me whether or not things go well in business. Otherwise, I'm going to live this horrible, stressful life like for the rest of my life. So I'm glad in my 20s and early 30s that I'm learning this lesson so that because you and me, we're business guys, right? So unlike an athlete who peaks when they're 26, we peak when we're like 50 or 60. 
So we're not even near our peak, which is fucking awesome. So I'm like, you know, I'm good. I'm, in my business career, I'm still real early days. I got plenty of time before I even hit my peak. So I'm glad I'm learning these lessons now and getting smacked down now and not later on in life. And uh, I started fresh, started a company called Sophie Society, got some of my best performers from my previous ventures to come join me there. I started that company up and had some revenue right in the very beginning because of the connections I had and was able to bring on customers really fast. This is an Amazon services company that does content and ad management for Amazon companies and optimization. And I grew it extremely fast. Uh, My attitude towards this was quality over quantity. Didn't want to grow it ridiculously fast. Wasn't trying to blitz scale it like I did with Judo, trying to grow at a healthy rate. But because I was focused on health of the company, of my life, of myself, of my employees, of the culture of the company, of everything, instead of an obsession with just selling more and more and more and just growing faster and faster and faster so I could feel good about myself or so I could feel successful. Because I focused on that, the growth actually came naturally as a result of that. We have... We just got a ton of people just referring us because they had great experiences with us and because the content and the management that we were doing was so quality. We're at the point now where we're we're growing faster than we can even handle and we have a waiting list because um, we can't handle all of the business that's coming to us through warm introductions, partnerships that we have. So yeah, it's it's been a wild journey, bro, but that's what brought me here to Sophie Society. In the meantime, I got tangled up with this crazy cadre of people called the Titan Network who have become sort of my work family. Love those guys, Dan and Athena, some of my closest friends and everyone else, uh, all the other leaders in the Titan Network. And, uh, and that brings us to the present day where my focus is on continuing to healthily scale Sophie in a way that's healthy for me and the culture of the company. And um, through providing value to other sellers and helping to grow the next generation of entrepreneurs through the Titan Network. Dude, what a story. All right. Yeah, a couple of questions getting, we'll kind of work our way through some of your stories. So first, had no idea about the uh, astronomy physics background, which I mean, I haven't studied it too much, but I, I I mean, I think it's fascinating. And I'm super into these days, Michael Singer, like Untethered Soul. Yeah, I'll send you some links to his. And I mean, everyone, anyone's listening as well. Like, yeah, he's the fucking man. Um, he So he has two books. Untethered Soul is like a, it's like a mindfulness, spirituality like guidebook. I mean, really impactful on me when I first read it uh, some years ago. And then he has another book, The Surrender Experiment, which is his uh, his life story where he, I mean, this guy, he like kind of started on this spiritual path in his, in his like, I don't know, around he was like 20 or something. And like all he wanted, he like bought land in the middle of nowhere in Florida, you know, built a shack and just wanted to like do his practices, you, you know, that's that's all he wanted. And, um, and, you know, through surrendering to, you know, what was in front of him, in the world, you know, one thing leads to another and he founds and becomes CEO of a nine-figure publicly traded medical billing software business. And uh, so this guy, I mean, he's in like, like it, it really resonates with me. And I think, I think you'd like it a lot because he's, he's a computer scientist, like very rational, logical and very pragmatic. And so what he teaches and, and, and he has these lectures. I mean, it's so good. I listen to it uh, uh, often. Um, it's, it's very, you know, practical and pragmatic and like the way that he frames things, it's just, it, it makes sense. And, and so he has this one lecture series that like is, is, is so good. In, in one of them, he talks about this is like one of my favorite like hours of audio that I've just like listened to. But it, it's like he starts it saying, talking about you know everyone talks about the present moment, you know, be present with the moment in front of you. And he's like, well, have you ever thought about you know how did this moment? 
become in front of you. And he's like, all right, well, let's take it back to the beginning. And it's like, all right, a brief history of the universe starting from literally the Big Bang, you know, the mass of the universe condensed to the size of a freaking atom and like, you know, this massive explosion. And then, you know, things slow down and the, you know, electromagnetic field and then, you know, neutrons and this, they performed the first atoms that became the stars that like, you know, the, the elements and it just goes through, you know, explaining how like literally the entire universe was just, you know, was formed and how we are made of supernova star elements. I mean, this guy is right down my alley, dude, right down my alley. You got to send me some links. I will. I mean, I'm like, yeah, huge fan. That's literally what goes through my mind every day. Like, I, I think about this. I'm not exaggerating, like multiple times a day, every day, which is like, okay, thir- the universe been around for 13.8 billion years, going to be around for possibly infinity, but at the very minimum tens or hundreds or more billions of years from now. And my life will span around 90 So if you take the total amount of time between past and future and you slice out my life, it's so minuscule that it barely registers. Most of the time of the age of the universe, past, present and future is without me there. And there's a little itty bitty sliver paper thin where I exist. And that just that fact alone makes you like really reprioritize everything. Just thinking about that fact. Totally. And this is stuff that that he he references like the universe a lot in his lectures. And it's like, you, you know, exactly that. He makes it so obvious how like, you know, we are here observing the universe in creation. Like that's what's going on here. We are here. It has nothing to do with us aside from, you know, we're here and we're just observing this, you know, crazy flow of events and energy that, you know, has become, you know, what's in front of us. And, and yeah, and, you know, thinking of how like our perceptions, like, oh, well, like, you know, you think of in, in the entire universe, what is in your realm of perception? You know, okay, you, you know, you see this, that, whatever. And it's like, all right, so what portion of the entire universe are you personally seeing and experiencing? And like, you think that it's not okay. <laughs> like, you know, whatever you're, you know, you're seeing, it's like, an infinitesimally small portion of unfathomable how small your perception is. And it's like, and you're not okay with what's going on in front of you. It's just like, put some things in perspective. And so, oh, totally does, dude. That's so true. And, and you think like, I love how he put it too, like that we're basically the universe observing itself. You're not separate from it. Those carbon, nitrogen, oxygen, and hydrogen atoms that make up you, plus a couple other things, potassium, magnesium, that existed before you existed. All those atoms were around. They were in a tree, in a piece of kale, in dirt, and they formed you. And when you die, they're still around too. The atoms go back and there one will be in a tree and another one will be in the air and then another one will be in a river. And all of the atoms that make you, you are still going to be around, but only for a, a brief portion of time does it become conscious, this particular group of atoms, and start observing and understanding things. So it's just the universe observing itself. That's all a human is. And it's like, you better pick your head up from your laptop 
and look around once in a while. Otherwise, you just freaking wasted it, bro. I mean, look up and around and, and you know, even more than that, like, what are you so upset for? <laughs> you know, or like, what are you, you know, like, like, you know, you're, you're spending your time here, you know, and you're, you know, worried and anxious. And I mean, we all get worried. I mean, you know, you know, I know we've both been on this path and I mean, I've grown tremendously being on this path as I know you have as well. And I want to get more into that part of your journey, but still like, you know, I don't feel great all the time and, you know, still get worry or anxiety. And it's like, yeah, I mean, better than it was before in my life. But like, it, you don't, you don't totally remove these things, but it, it gives you a perspective. It's like, all right, like we're, we're just here, you know, like what, why spend it being, you know, unhappy? Um, and so, so kind of on that. And, and so, uh, you know, kind of getting further into your story. And, and I mean, also, I just like, I love jamming on this topic. So, uh, you know, when, and so when you hit bottom, whatever was, you know, forced out, kicked out of judo launch, things came, came crashing down. Like what enabled you or what was useful for you in order to, you know, pick yourself back up and, you know, keep going? The biggest thing was, so a couple like practical surface level things. I was running every single morning. That was a saving grace for me, moving my body, having silence, time without a phone or input of any kind uh, in nature. That was so key. I don't know what would have happened to me if I didn't run every morning during that period of time. Because uh, in life, like you can either spiral up or spiral down, but you do spiral. You know, you, you can't avoid it. The actions that you take build upon one another and they become bigger and bigger and more exaggerated as the pattern makes its way into your mind and in your life. So, I knew that a portion of my life was spiraling down. It was the business side of things. This business coming down was pulling my other businesses down with it. There was all these different debt equity instruments that were just raising alarms. So I had to make sure that that didn't pull down other parts of my life. So the health, keeping my health and my like fitness up was really a big deal. I also started mental fitness as well. And I was meditating every day. Which is really hard. And people, some people say, oh, I, I can't meditate. I don't meditate. Meditating doesn't work for me. That's like saying like working out doesn't work for me. It works for everyone. You just don't see it immediately. You don't like go to the gym and you come back and you have giant biceps. That's just not how it works. You have to do it consistently over and over again as a practice. And then your brain gets worked out. It's like working out for your brain. It just allows you to think clearer, more calmly, more focused, and more organized inside your own mind and your own thoughts. And that helped me too to get out of it. Because, you know, I was talking to Danny McMillan about this. Danny helped me a lot through it as well. For those of you guys that don't know, Danny's the host of um, Seller Sessions, um, another Amazon podcast. I know you know know him as well, Nate. Danny's a great guy. And uh, he'd been through some really really horrendous things in his life. If you hear his story, you know, my story holds no candle to it. And, you know, that made him a stronger person. He helped me a lot get through some of this. But the meditation was a a really big thing to keep my mind straight. And then I knew that I had to quickly use whatever momentum I had to shift into something else. Because when you hit hard times and when you hit really good times, we as humans have the tendency to feel like it'll always be that way. You know, once you've made it, you made it and it's going to be great forever. And that was me like before I had this crash feeling like, oh, I, I made it. I'm, I'm good now, like permanently. And then the same feeling hit once everything was crumbling. I was feeling this is it. 
it's freaking over. This is the end of my journey. Can't come back from this. It's too big a fall. Gonna have to get a real job. You know, all these are all the thoughts that were going through my mind. And I recognize that. I recognize that my thoughts were skewed because of the feelings I was having and relating to the events happening in my life. And I took action. And there's, I feel that you know, the way to introduce or interrupt or observe a pattern is through these three things that drive our behavior, these thoughts, feelings, and actions. And each one affects one another. So I knew that my feelings were all fucked up. My feelings were horrible. I was feeling worthless. I was feeling like a failure. I was feeling like I couldn't do it. I was feeling like it's always going to be bad. And my thoughts were, you can partially control, but they're also influenced by your feelings. So your thoughts are kind of the in-between. It's like how your heart is completely subconscious. The movement of your hands is completely conscious, but your breathing is in-between conscious and subconscious, right? That's like your thoughts. They're in-between. Sometimes they happen without you even realizing it. Sometimes you can change them. And so I knew I had partial control over that. My actions, I knew that I could just straight up force myself to do through willpower. So I used action. Action is a huge tool. Sometimes it doesn't even matter what you act on or what you do, just the fact that you do. One of the symptoms of depression is like lack of action. People start wanting to stay in their bed all day, not go out, not do things. A way to break that is start action, start acting. And so that's what I did. I started acting, started Sophie, like I said, started the working out, started the meditation, started reaching out to mentors to help me like get my mind right and and help me get advice and also the connections and relationships I needed. And I just kept on taking action every single day. I was like, all right, feels like the sky's falling, world's falling apart, tons of people mad at me, feel like I left, let all these people down, employees, investors, but I'm just going to act today. I'm going to put my foot in front of the other while the sky falls down. I'm not just going to like cover my head while all of the the bricks are falling around me and bombs are exploding. I'm just going to walk right through it, walk right through the hurricane and just keep putting the step one step in front of the other. And even though I can't see where I'm going, I'm going somewhere. And that was my attitude the whole time. Every day, didn't know how it was going to turn out, didn't know what I was going to do, but I was, I took action that day. And at the end of the day, if I ran, if I meditated, if I took action in business, if I reached out to people, if I took that one next step, then I felt that it was a win for the day and I could go to sleep knowing that I did the right thing that day. Dude, epic, epic story. And yeah, man, a bunch of things that you you hit on that I just want to, I mean, I mean, highlight and yeah. So one about um, when you were going through your tough, you know, period, still keeping good habits. And so, you know, running and, you know, I mean, I'm love exercise, yoga, biking, gym, I mean, all that kind of stuff. And, and, you know, and I know for me, like I've, I've gotten, I do a lot of biking and, you know, most days I'll go for, you know, later this afternoon, I'll go for a bike ride. And like, you know, having that time to, I mean, it, it's good for your body. It's good for your mind. It's like, it's such a, it's like a core a cornerstone thing. And, and I mean, you know, to, to your point, you know, you said that like, even if you're having a terrible day, you know, you go out, you, it, it physiologically changes you. Exercise makes everything feel better. And, and yeah, I mean, I, you know, notice that in my own life where it's like, all right, like, even if, if, if things aren't going well, whatever that means, like, as long as I, you know, if I get some good, you know, get the blood flow, get the endorphins going, like it really changes your, you know, physiologically everything that get into that positive spiral. Massively, dude. It's so true. Yeah. And I know you're big into yoga as well. 
which I think uh, that's kind of a fusion, you know, and it's really good for connecting body and mind, um, which are so connected. I learned that more and more with each passing year, how how connected the body and mind are so much more than I, I ever thought. It was just something my dad always tried to tell me, but I always kind of wrote it off because, you know, he was somewhat of a, a hippie. And, um, you know, through my own personal experience, I've just found it that to be true. And I, I love that. And for anyone who's listening, who, who doesn't follow Nate on Instagram, you got to follow him. Like, I, I feel like lucky to be a follower of you on Instagram because you share so much and such, such personal stories as well. And every time I see a post from you, I, I like stop and like spend some time to, to look at it because it's really good. And you, you share a lot of really great insight. I love it. Thank you. I mean, appreciate that. That's been a big part of my, I don't know. Uh, yeah. Maybe another thing we can, can talk about of just like, like, a big a foundation of my, you know, life career and, you know, all this journey, you know, business, mindful, spirituality, health. It's like a lot of it, you know, understanding like who we are and like what we should do, what activities are giving us energy, how we can create value, you know, where's the, the you know, the, the intersection of all of these things of like, you know, your, you know, p- purpose, you get value by creating value for others you doing the activities that give you energy, which allow you to create the most value and, and yeah, like your unique abilities, like all this kind of stuff. And, and so, yeah, like, you know, for me personally, I've, um, that's been a big part of my journey in the last year is just really honing in on, in terms of, like the activities that I'm doing, you know, in a day that are in that unique ability zone of genius. And like, for me, a lot of it, like I love learning new things, like learning new things, having new experiences, you know, getting exposed to, you know, new stuff and sometimes crazy stuff, you know, like, yeah, like, you know, getting, having those experiences, you know, whether like actual experience or, you know, audiobooks, learning, just like being exposed to new things, synthesizing and, and sharing. And like, it's just, I love it. I, mean, I don't know. Like, I'll, you know, I literally, you know, do that. It's like a, a big part of my day. And, and, and yeah. And so, you know, to, to hear, I, I mean, appreciate the, the feedback and encouragement. I'm trying really hard at it, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, I think, you know, generally it's, it's, it's been, been a good journey. And the more I get feedback, you know, like that, I, I, you know, just makes me want to, you know, keep doing it more. And, and so, you know, turn that a little bit. And so in a similar question for you of like two similar directions potentially, but like either think about like your purpose and or what like, you know, your unique abilities, zone of genius in terms of, you know, business, which I think are, are like, like different sides of the same coin, which we can also get into, but, but yeah. So, so for you, like, what, what do you think about that? And what are, you know, what is it for you? Yeah. Oh, I love that. You ask the right questions, dude. I love this. <laughs> this is really awesome because I could just tell your mindset is is that of uh, a broader zoomed out perspective. So yeah, your listeners are really lucky to have the perspective of someone like you. I'll, I'll say, so first of all, from the, for the purpose perspective, I've had this, you know, this battle in internally ever since I started, you know, my first brand, which like kickstarted this entire journey of entrepreneurship for me. And that is breaking apart in my head. What part of me is motivated by my own gain for power, wealth, connection, respect, authority, you know, things like that, that are 
potentially, you know, some of them important to have as a human, as a man, as a woman, um, but then also toxic if taken alone or solely for their own purpose. And what part of me is is truly driven by what I say outwardly I'm driven by, which is, uh, and this is getting really deep and personal here, but when I'm asked that question by somebody and I have to give just a, a very quick one sentence answer, I say impact. And that is true. But woven into there is just a natural type A like hunger and ambition that was baked into me from when I was a little kid. And um, I was selling things when I was like in high school and stuff. Uh, even though I was in the sciences, I, I had that hunger in me. Um, I just didn't know how it should be expressed. And I was funneling it into a different, you know, thing. But yeah, so in all honesty, I like I've part of the last year has been me questioning my own answer to that question and wondering how much of me really is driven by the righteous purpose that I outwardly say and that I inwardly feel, but how much of my behavior is driven by that versus how much of my behavior is driven by my own selfish motives, which are also there and apparent and I observe them in my own behavior and in my own head. It's definitely a mix of the two, but in terms of what the balance is, I think before this big downfall, I was lying to myself and saying that it was all impact and that it was all about making humanity better, making the the universe better, making the lives of the people around me and my employees better, when a lot of it was actually, you know, cloaked in that, but really for my own personal gain for power, wealth, respect status, things of that nature. So those things still exist in me, but I've become more aware of them. And I've been able to to dissect and, and determine which patterns I'm exhibiting and which parts of my behavior are because of my desire for impact on the world and on humanity and on my community and on people and on the universe. And which parts of my behavior and, and my, my drive and my actions are because of those more selfish desires. And by the way, you don't have to be all selfless. I don't think that. Um, I think it's fine to have a drive for freedom, for instance, is something that I has always been a theme in my life, always wanting to be free. That's why I took the motorcycle trip in New Zealand. That's why I took the canoe trip through the longest fjord in Norway with my little brother. I love freedom and money gives you freedom. Uh, entrepreneurship can can grant you freedom if you do it the right way. But uh, if you, I believe that if you don't have a higher purpose, that happiness will escape you, if not now, eventually. And um, so when it comes to impact and purpose, which I would call like my higher purpose drives above the more selfish ones, there are two domains that, that I bucket them into. One is humanity and the other is the universe. So all of this stuff we're talking about of, you know, seeing yourself as just part of the universe the universe observing itself and all of that. That's all, all of that is within my domain as my part and my responsibility as part of nature and part of reality and part of what makes up our universe and everything that exists. And I believe since we're the only part that is known of the universe that can observe itself, the one thing that I can point to as purpose is observing it better and understanding it better, which is why I wanted to major in physics and make some discoveries in physics, because we're the only part, everything else around, as far as we can see, is dead. It's dead rocks floating around, dead planets, you know, dead stars. Yeah, it has dynamics and movement, but it's not alive. It's not conscious. It's not able to understand its surroundings, but we are. So if I am on my deathbed and I can look back and say that I somehow contributed to our understanding of reality, whatever form that takes, 
I will die with a smile on my face. I'm not there yet. And I don't know how, like exactly how this path will take me there, but I know that it will because of the fact that I have that will. I want it to. So right now, like this part of my journey is a stepping stone on that path because I'm gathering the knowledge of how to motivate a group of people to, to solve problems and, and accomplish big things. I'm gathering the relationships. I'm gathering capital as well, which is important to have impact as well. So that's the first bucket. The second bucket is humanity. So the, all that universe stuff is great, but we're still humans. There's still suffering in the world and there's still people who I care about because I'm a freaking person and um, and I care about humanity. And um, that I'm already on the path towards. I do philanthropy in my own small ways, offsetting my carbon footprint, volunteering. I, I like contribute monthly to a number of different funds that replant trees and offset carbon and do carbon recapture and all of that stuff because I care about the future of humanity. Now that again, I'm not happy with my impact level in either of those domains right now, but I do understand that everything I do is a stepping stone on those paths. And I trust in myself that I won't use the success that I gather in my life only to tickle myself with cars and freaking, you know, watches and stuff like that, because that is pointless. And I know because of my own values that I will use whatever resources, knowledge, relationships, capital I'm able to gain in my life for those purposes that I laid out. So I'm okay with me not having the level of impact directly right now that I want to have, because I know that everything I do is a stepping stone towards that. I love that. And I love how you mentioned earlier and it's it's true. I think about this actually sometimes also of how like our the peak of our careers and impact is in you know like fifties or older, which makes sense. I mean like and yeah, really and like I know both of us, you know, we got started on this entrepreneurship journey, you know, quite early, you know, in our twenties, you know, versus a lot of very successful businesses on you know they get started like when they're quite a bit older than we are now, and we've already you know been doing it for almost ten years or to see of you know just like yeah how things you know build from you know every. Yeah, as a stepping stone, I love that. And it's also, it's just like committing to the the journey, not the destination and like, you know, knowing, and it's just like, you, you know, being on the path and taking action, which I love that you've, you know, been a, a like a core piece, I think, of your you know mindset and story, and and yeah, and and, and moving forward. So okay, uh, I want to chat a little bit about uh, Sophie Society, and I know we've, I mean, man, could go on a lot of different, go down a lot of different uh, rabbit holes, but I know you're doing uh, amazing stuff with Sophie Society, and I know that it's been going really well. And so yeah, I mean, like I'm I'm curious, like you mentioned, it's so uh, content and and ad management, uh, and you know, as well as that, it's grown so much, you know, organically, and so like why do people like working with you? <laughs> yeah, so um, I think um, the unique thing that we brought to the table with Sophie is that everything was from a scientific truth-finding perspective. I took you know, my background in science to the table in business and literally everything we did was viewed as an experiment. Every single job we do, we track the quantitative results of that. We take the before and after numbers. So if we if we do a, a listing optimization and we do every element of the listing, we'll do each element separately or we'll do it all together as a, a bundled package. And that includes the photos and graphic images, the video, the keyword research and the the whole copy for the listing and the A plus content and the back end of the listing. So we do each of those elements separately and we do them all together as bundles. Every time we do any job, we measure the before conversion rate session 
sessions and the after conversion rate sessions, as well as depending on how close we are to the brand, we'll even measure things like their top four keyword ranking, you know, before and after as well, depending on what we do. And so we paired a content team with an ads team, an Amazon PBC team, because both of the things are so interconnected. So instead of one or the other, we we bring to, to the table like one ecosystem where the insights from your PPC and your ads, your Amazon ads are turned into optimization guides and actual optimization since we do it. And and we really are one of the best at it. I mean, I could say that and, you know, humbly, I'm not trying to brag. I'm, I'm, I'm really saying I'm proud of what we do and we measure all the results of what we do. We we're really good at Amazon optimization and increasing the conversion rate of listings. So we take the data from the ads. We use it to increase the optim, the conversion of the listings and we take the listings that we've optimized and we use ads to drive traffic to greater optimized listings. The things feed right into one another. Um, we take the keyword data that comes out of the ads. We pop that into the, use that to, to inform the listing optimizations that we do. And it's, it's a feedback loop between the two. And so, you know, the two things that every Amazon seller finds out they need to focus on to have a successful Amazon business are visibility and conversion. If you have the visibility, you know, tons of people seeing the listing, the traffic to the listing, and that traffic is converting into purchases, that's the whole story. You just got it all. And you now have a successful Amazon business if you just have those two things. So we just put those two things in one house. And um, and I think that was one of the, the most unique things about us. And uh, part of the reason why vast majority of our business just comes from re- referrals. And we ended up with a, with a waiting list while we scale, scale our fulfillment. So, and then I'll say one other element of this is I really focused on the culture as well. And the culture of the team was really important to me. Um, maintaining a very healthy, very tight family base. It's somewhere between a sports team and a family, I would say. The people in Sophie, the, the team that we have. And um, everybody holds each other to a really high standard. We have radical accountability baked into the culture and also cooperativeness. So um, a culture of wanting one another to succeed, not just wanting to look better better than, than one another. So, uh, and that was really important to me as well, just for my own, my own mental health working in a, a condition like that. Um, I just wanted it for myself to work in a good culture, but it's ended up producing great results because people end up putting their heart into what they do, not just their mind. And that's one thing, you know, we get tons of testimonials and, and feedback of people saying, loved your team, loved working with your team, loved these people and name them by name. My right-hand man, Akshay, our account manager, Dragana, our lead designer, Joseph, our, our Amazon senior analyst, Hans, um, people name, name them by name. And they're like, I, I absolutely love them. And, uh, and that's because of that, because of the focus on culture. Man, that's awesome. And again, a bunch of things I want to, uh, I guess, yeah, comment or highlight. One, uh, I noticed, I mean, see you sharing your, you know, it's like, uh, this This makes a lot of sense because I've seen you sharing different things, you know, a bunch of times of like, oh, like we, in, you know, X listing, you know, like 23% conversion increase or sessions, con- you know, 14.5%. And like, that makes sense that you're tracking these things and therefore, you know, showing them. And I was like, oh, like, so yeah, that, uh, I guess, yeah, I put some context in it and it's cool. And yeah, like I said, I mean, I see all the time on your social you know, posting these like, you know, wins or, or, you know, success case studies, uh, examples. And yeah, and the culture stuff too. I mean, like, man, that's, uh, it's like, like a proud parent almost, you know, when somebody, when, when you get 
as the business owner, you get a a compliment of like someone on your team. It's just like, man, I mean, it, it makes you feel good. <laughs> and, uh, you know, having a strong culture is really 100% is like how you get, you know, people that, you know, they don't just do good work, but they, they, they care. And like, that's what people want. They want to, you know, they want to know that they're, you know, they want good work, but they also, you know, want to be just like taken care of and, you know, building that into the culture is is so impactful. And, and so, so other question about, I mean, I know with Sophie's, it's been growing so well and, and running into capacity issues now. And so the, the question is more about like, what challenges are you facing currently with, you know, scaling the business the way that you are now, you know, more, uh, you know, slow and steady quality as opposed to, you know, SF, like revenue outpaced churn kind of thing. And you ask like, you know, what are the, the, the challenges that you're facing in terms of your, you know, managing your, your growth? Yeah. Like I said, I, I came at this from a very different perspective. I didn't want to blitz scale it like I did in the, uh, the digital launch days. It's, it's really interesting because kind of paradoxically, not focusing obsessively on sales and growth caused us to grow at almost the same rate or in some cases uh in some periods faster than before and i think it's i think it's because of uh of the basically the focus on quality of team and quality of of product and quality of service that caused that to happen but still you know i have a lot of relationships with investors that have very strong alliance to me and, and allegiance to me and were really supportive when, and helpful to me when all of this stuff was going down with, um, with judo. And so, um, I actually have a significant number of investors that want to invest and I haven't explored that because of the fact that we're growing organically at such a, in such a healthy way and, and at a pretty fast clip as well. So, um, being wary of, you know, going that kind of blitz scaling route and hyper growth route. Um, right now, um, I'm interested in continuing the kind of organic growth journey that we're on until I come to a point where I'm positive that bringing on capital or beginning a, a, an accelerated growth journey in by bringing on capital or another way would certainly bring about, maintain the health of the culture of the company, the quality of the products while scaling it. And yeah, and I'm not, that's definitely not impossible. I mean, that's, I'm very open to that. But right now, um, I'm really happy with, with how we're growing. And um, yeah, really like it. Glad to hear that. And, and yeah, and it's something, and it's like, uh, it's interesting hearing. I mean, I know that you have, you know, more of your background in the, you know, SF and raising money and VC and tech and, and, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm familiar with that, you know, game ecosystem, but like, you know, my career background has much more been bootstrap businesses and like nothing wrong with a, a bootstrap business that is, you know, kicking off healthy cash flow to you and it's you know it's stable it's growing and you you have enough or more than enough cash coming in like it's fine if that doesn't you know 100x like <laughs> you know like that's getting clear on what your objectives are and you know and also we talked about a little bit before just you know and like the why you know it's like oh like are you trying to grow this uh, 100x you know is that like why like is it do you really need to? I don't know. Just kind of being, uh, you know, in touch with like what are are really what is 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 driving that desire. And I love uh, and and you know, just have a ton of respect for like 
successful bootstrap businesses, you know, they, uh, serve their customers, provide value, receive value in exchange. And, you know, they're, they're stable. They're growing. They're, they're profitable. And like, I think that's like, what an amazing thing. Like, you know, I think that that's, yeah. And so, so yeah, man, I mean, awesome to hear that it's, I mean, it's been going well and, and, and yeah, I mean, I'm sure, you know, we're all a combination of all of our past experiences of which you've had more than your, (laughs) more than your average, you know, even entrepreneur at, at whatever age, low thirties. And I don't know how old you are, but guessing around my age (laughs) and, uh, yeah, 32. Nice. Me too. Good, good, good age. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, you've had these, you know, a, a wide varieties, you know, ups and downs that have, you know, contributed to, you know, where you are now and, and amazing to see or, you know, to, to hear the, the, the progress and the growth and yeah, how things are going well. And, and I think you're, you know, the way you're approaching it is the right way. And, and just, you know, it's healthy and stable and an amazing stepping stone. I mean, in itself is, you know, a great business and, and think you're doing awesome things, but, also a great stepping stone for whatever comes in the next one, two, three, five, 10, 20, 30 years. You know, I know this will be uh, a really great step in, you know, continuing your already, you know, very positive, exciting journey. And so, so yeah, man. All right, Chris, I know we could go on for uh, a long time. Maybe we'll have to bring you back for round two, but for the listeners out there that, yeah, want to uh, connect with you, find out more about what you do at Sophie's, uh, what's the best way for them to get in touch? Yeah, they can um, shoot me an email, chris at sophiesociety.com, C-H-R-I-S at S-O-P-H-I-E society.com. Um, or you can DM me um, just at m.me slash punk treats, P-U-N-K-T-R-E-A-T-S. That's my um, Facebook messaging mini link. So yeah, that's those are the ways to contact me. And um, yeah, bro, thanks for having me on. It's really, really awesome chatting with you. I've never had a podcast or interview that's really gone this way. And uh, I think I, I kind of expected it to, but I didn't realize how how cool it ended up being. We got to talk about science, business, purpose, impact, all that stuff. I mean, I, yeah, it doesn't normally end up being that cool. I agree too. And I mean, this didn't go exactly, I mean, I don't really, you know, I think it's better to see how things flow and in, in general and not try to, you know, force things, but, but, but yeah, I wasn't expecting it to, you know, go down that astrophysics, spirituality kind of thing. And, and also in all this stuff, I mean, we got a, can go way deeper into all that stuff. I know, I think we're, we're, yeah, really just similarly interested in, in broadly speaking, a lot of that stuff. And so, yeah, we'll have to, we'll, we'll definitely have to do this again on uh, better at some point. So somewhere in the world sometime <laughs> link up and, and, and get to hang in person. Oh, I hope so, dude. I really would love that. Until then, we'll uh, continue to uh, I- admire you and what you're doing from from a distance and uh, and uh, we can... <laughs> yeah, and same to you. Cheers, man. Thanks so much for, for coming on. Yeah, it's really is a fucking blast. For sure. Cheers, brother. This has been the Ecom Exits podcast with Nate Ginsberg. If you're enjoying the Ecom Exits podcast, show your support by subscribing, rating, and reviewing this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. This will help other smart entrepreneurs find us. We appreciate your support. We have a new episode every week on the Ecom Exits podcast. So, catch you next time.